It's the most important thing you can do when building a product, but most people never do it. In this episode, we talk about launching, what stopped us from launching, why you should just launch, and our experience consistently launching over the last two years, including this podcast. This is Hit Reply, episode one. Hey, and welcome to Hit Reply, the podcast that gives you an inside view on what it's like to start a startup. I'm Fred. And I'm Mike. And in this episode, we'll be talking about launching. So in case you missed it, we've launched a podcast. It does look that way. Yep. And as we shared in episode zero, we were never able to launch. So over like five years, we continually failed to launch. We did something called 6x6, which uh, was six projects in six months, which changed that. And the last two years, we've focused on building and shipping stuff. Yeah, and I think we learned a lot over those last two years and doing six by six. And yeah. I think kind of one of the things that we learned, kind of like a key point to us, was launching early. Yeah. Um, and there's a, it's a good quote by Reid Hoffman. If you're not embarrassed by the first version of your product, you've launched too late. Yep. And I think that's something that we didn't understand to start with. Before six by six, we were aiming for perfection and mm. that was it like you had to have perfection anything less was no good yep uh, and i think it's because we we had our sights on the wrong goal we were looking at the likes of twitter and facebook mm. and things like that and comparing what we were building against those things yeah and i think they're the wrong yardstick is that a saying i don't know yeah i've made it up now um <laughs> You know, that's the wrong thing to measure yourself against. Yeah. You shouldn't... In, in a way, you shouldn't really be measuring yourself at all. What do you think about that? Um, I think the only thing you need to be measuring is progress. So you need to realize where you're at. Yeah. And if you've never launched anything, literally the next step is launching something. Definitely. And people... Well, I say people. We did it. We, yeah. we just get into a habit of... You look at the people that are in the news, that have built the cool stuff. And especially if you can build stuff... Like if you have the technical ability to build stuff, you feel like, okay, well, what's stopping me? What's stopping me from going on and, and becoming and becoming that? So I guess like there's a, a saying from Peter Levels that, that we saw like a year or so ago. And he said, just building stuff and finishing it gets you ahead of 99% of the people out there. And I think that's really true. Right? Obviously, that's not a scientific number. I'm pretty no. sure that's, <laughs> that's not come from any form of study or anything. But I think the premise is true. Like yeah, so many people do get caught in that stage of trying to make something perfect and don't ship it and if you can become one of those people that does ship stuff you're already winning you're already at an advantage over the majority yeah definitely um i think that there'll be people out there listening thinking you know i'm not ready to launch and i still need to add this feature and that feature and x y and z and all these things but i think it's important that you just get something launched yep You have to just get something out the door and get it into the hands of your users because once you get it into your users' hands, once they're actually using it, they'll tell you what they want and they will help guide your development of Mm. that product, of whatever you're building over that time. You can't wait until it's perfect because if if you wait until it's perfect, you'll never launch. You'll be exactly like we were five years ago where we just never launched anything. Yeah. I think whenever we've launched something, there's always been feedback we didn't expect. For our first project from 6x6, How's It Going? Remember, we launched it literally to like five people 
on a Slack group yeah. to start with. And we got feedback saying, oh, I'd use that for like fitness tracking and I would use that for like business tracking. And we didn't, we never thought of those ideas. Mm. It was like we, we built a thing that served a need for us. And as we shipped it, people like said, oh, I'd use it for this and I'd use it for that. Yeah. I think one of the books that I feel like every entrepreneur should read is The Lean Startup. Definitely. Um, by Eric Reese. And we'll pop a link to that in the show notes. The show notes will be at uh, hitreply.co slash one. And yeah, this book is great because the basic premise of it, which is really key for any entrepreneur, is something called the MVP, which is a minimum viable product. And the key to the minimum viable product is the feedback loop, which is where you build something, you measure, and then you learn. So you, you put something out there for people to look at, yep, and then you see how they interact with it. You, you learn, and then you say, okay, from what I've learned, we should do this now. This should be our next test. And you create a new hypothesis, and you just try and speed up that feedback loop as, as quick as possible. Um, because if you spend a year between learning, then you're not going to do very well. But if you can learn every week, if you can learn every day, then you're going to win. Yeah, and I think what kind of really feeds into that is the size of the project that you're taking on. Yeah. And I think that was another key thing that we learned from 6x6 and that we've seen kind of other makers talking about as well is the whole idea and the premise of starting small. Yeah. Of building something that is, it's not this massive idea. It's not building a new Facebook or something like that. It's just building a, an email list yeah. or, or a small, simple tool that does, I don't know, time conversion or something like that. Something yeah. that seems inadequate but can build out into bigger things using that feedback loop of, build measure learn yeah and we'll, we'll go on to starting small in a in another episode i think we'll yeah further into that yeah i think like there's a guy that i really like um derek sivers who made cd baby and we've like we've both been yeah. listening to his audible book yeah i'm just listening to it now yeah it's, it's pretty it's, good it's really short but there's a lot of content in there yeah um and he thinks quite differently to most entrepreneurs and he was saying he, his business he built by accident he just built like a website for himself to do a small task and it grew yeah. from there and he didn't set out with like trying to build a 20 million dollar business but he made one um i'm not sure if that number's correct i think it is um, yeah i think he sold it for like 22 million or something like yeah that was his share but like there's quite a few times in the book where he talks about how he's trying not to grow a big business yeah i, I just got, <laughs> got to that bit where it's like investors are calling him yeah and saying like we want to invest in your company. It's like, I don't want it. Yeah. Like, well, don't you want your company to grow? And it's like, no, I'm trying to make it smaller. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. He he thinks differently. I like it. So I think one of the things that we have thought about, especially the last few days launching this podcast is that it's okay not to have all your ducks in a row. And I know that when we launched, um, we, we got some feedback from people on like Hacker News and Product Hunt and places like that about the fact that okay we didn't have x we didn't have y so we launched just with a simple website um we hosted our podcast on soundcloud yep and we, we, we're not on itunes so if you want to listen to us on itunes you, you can't do that yet we, we weren't on stitcher and since launching we found out that there's other platforms like pocket casts and, and things like that which i'd never heard of me neither um but like people that wanted to listen to us told us okay you need to be on there yeah so I feel like that that's okay. It's okay to launch and have most of the wins in place. It's a bit like the 80-20 rule. It's really hard to get that last 20% in place sometimes. Yeah, definitely. And sometimes it's just worth shipping and you'll learn what's important out of that 20% and then you'll do it. 
Yeah, it's it's so much more beneficial. Yeah. You can get 80% of what you need to do that will make people so happy yeah. in 20% of the time. And you might as well ship at that point because you're going to spend so much longer trying to guess. Because at that stage, you're still guessing because you haven't spoken to your users. So you're just guessing what it is that they want and you're spending all this time, which is almost going to be wasted. Like You can almost guarantee you're going to waste it because you can't predict exactly what they want. Once they've got it, they can figure it out. Yeah, and if you do try and predict, you end up building stuff people don't need. Yeah. Um, whereas if you launch with the bare essentials, you, you'll only ever add the stuff when, when there's a demand. Um, and, and we did that. So during launch day... Um, people are asking for RSS feeds. Um, so we quickly hacked that together and put it on the site. Um, and we, we made a few adjustments as the day was going on, just because we realized that quite a few people were on the website. And to be honest, we weren't expecting a big launch. No. We, we just thought, okay, so we emailed out our, our uh, email list on Tuesday and just said, hey, the podcast is live, go check it out. And then on Wednesday we posted up on Product Hunt and then we also posted up onto Hacker News. Yeah. But I know for me, when, when, when I posted on Hacker News, I wasn't like expecting much out of that. Primarily, I feel because there's often a lot of, a lot of stuff that gets posted on Hacker News. Yeah. And I think historically, we've, I think we've posted almost everything that we've done to Hacker News. Yeah, pretty much. And most of them haven't done fantastically well on there we do we don't do too bad on product hunt yeah um but hacker news i mean i don't think i don't know i don't i don't know if anyone understands how that how their kind of voting and upvote system yeah really works i've not seen anyone really be able to like game it no Uh, it seems pretty pretty good at surfacing things that people actually care about yeah it's, it's an intriguing one because i i posted it i don't know midday or so it was it was in the afternoon and then like went away came back noticed we had a few up like four upvotes and i know that like i'd posted it so like, that counts as one i think you'd got on there and n- yeah. knocked it an upvote but I've i was like it. who who are these two other people that seem to actually like this thing that aren't connected to us hmm. and then i stumbled on the homepage by accident and we're on the homepage like with i think it was like four or five votes we were like on the homepage in the top 5 yeah um and I honestly thought, okay, we must be, we, this must be the new homepage, like the newest, not the actual homepage. Because I'm like, how are we on the homepage? Yeah. Um, but it was the homepage. And we, we even peaked at number two. And then we dropped down. I think we spent most of the day right around place five to seven. Mm. Um, so it's an interesting point. Like we, we don't fully understand how the Hacker News algorithm works. But it does seem to surface the stuff people care about. And that, that's that's what's important. Um but yeah, for us launching and getting it out there and, and sharing it, it, t- it took off more than we expected. But I think when that happens, it's great. You you can get the feedback in quick and you can iterate. Yeah, so I think that maybe we should talk about some like actionable steps. What can people do to actually get things out there? Yeah. Um, I think one of the things that you need to think about before launching is what is the key action that you want your user to take? Yeah. And... I know that a couple of times that we've we've built things and we haven't really thought about this. We've been so yeah. blindsided into what we're building that we forget about what we want people to do. Yeah. And it's important to really kind of 
decide what that is. What is your main call to action going to be? Yeah. Do you want them to register for your service? Do you want them to share what you've made on social media? Do you want them to sign up to your mailing list or something like that? They're the things that you need to think about before you actually go into launch to make sure that that's really the the functionality that you need to have there. Yeah. That that key functionality. I think a good example of that was learning to launch when we, we launched the book. Uh, I just remember we'd written this book and it'd take us a while and we're not naturally writers. And we got to the point where we were like, okay, this, this needs to be done. And we set ourselves a deadline and shipped it. But it was only when we launched that I realized, oh, like we, we'd quite like people to sign up to our email list. Mm. Uh, and we didn't have it on there at all. So we just had the book up there and there was no way to sign up to the email list. And it it's one of those things that I think you can get so caught up in the things you need to do to launch and you sometimes miss even the simplest things because your brain is is thinking about everything else yeah i think it's it's important to kind of take a step back just before you launch and just make sure that you do actually have the key things in there yeah that you needed to um because yeah i mean there is a big push and you should have a big push to get it out the door yeah but it's still that idea of kind of minimum viable product. It does actually still need to be a viable product. Um, You can't just push anything out. There is that kind of minimum level that you need to be hitting, but it is still important to launch. It's kind of a, it's a balancing act, I guess, of, of figuring out where your MVP lies and then also making sure you don't put too much in. Yeah. And you do actually get it out the door. Yeah. It's like the minimum viable launch sort of thing. Like, What's the minimum you need to get it out? Yeah. I think one of the things that'd be good to share is just a few stats from the inside, just mm. in case anyone's interested in in how the launch went down and what it looked like. So as of recording, we've had about nine, I think it's 910 listens now, um, which is a lot more than we expected. Um, we as we didn't expect a, a massive listener count to start with. We thought yeah. we'd start small. As, yeah, and, and, and grow over time. Yeah. But we've we've started with more than we expected, and that's been great. Um, we've had quite a few email subscribers as well. Mm. Um, so which we've had about fifty-two uh, new subscribers, which is great. Which has grown our list from like two hundred odd to two fifty, which um, which is cool. Um, how many users have we had on? Uh, so we've had, I think we got about just shy of fifteen hundred unique visitors, right, um, to the site. Um, kind of interestingly kind of hacker news and product hunt were our main places where we launched and then obviously we also tweeted about it um when we launched as well so we had 78 percent of our unique visitors were from hacker news um contrasting that says so about 800 and something um we got 67 people from twitter that was kind of the second top referral and then interestingly we got 32 people from product hunt yeah, and I think that must be because most people, when you launch a podcast on Product Hunt, most people are going to listen to it on Product Hunt. Yes, they're not going to click through to your site, and that kind of makes sense to me now. But I didn't expect that because everything else that we've launched on Product Hunt, we've gained quite a few click throughs because it's a product that you have to click through to see. Yeah, so I found that quite interesting. Yeah, um, it's a little bit harder to track, and also means that it's harder for us to try and push like email subscribers and rss and those sort of things yeah so one for us to look into there i think yeah i think it's interesting to think about conversion rates 
in in the things that we've built because we've built like a variety of different things now we've got a book a podcast we've got a paid product a free product and i i find it personally interesting to think okay if if we send 100 people like 500 people to the site what sort of conversion rate can we expect what what amount of people sign up Mm. and so for, for this we we have to kind of guess a little bit because we're not 100% sure on how many people came through we can only go with what Google Analytics has given us yeah and some people block their Google Analytics and, and things like that yeah but I do yeah and <laughs> I, I do as well because, especially on our own stuff yeah because you don't want our own stuff to, to come up so yeah. I've got it blocked as well and I'd imagine quite a few makers do but we can go with the data we've got and the data we've got says that 60% of people that came to the site played the episode yeah Um. so that's quite interesting and it say say like there's there's a few more people than that. Maybe it's like forty percent or fifty percent, but a, a big percentage of people have gone ahead and played that episode. Yeah. Compare that to some of the other stuff we've done. Um, so our initial product, how's it going? It was quite a simple free sign up. Yep. And we tracked about a five percent sign up of visitors converting there. Yeah. Um, and then for founders kit it was about 0.5%. So Founders Kit is a paid product where you pay and you get access to deals for startups. Yeah. And it, and it was about 0.5%. So I think one of the things that I'm starting to learn is that the simpler you can make your main action, the better, and the better chance you'll get that conversion. So if it's getting someone to sign up for something, can you do it in a way that has less steps? Um, can you give them access to it before they sign up or different ways to think about it and because the call to action for this podcast is so simple it's just a play button we've had obviously a lot higher conversion rate yeah definitely so we're also now on stitcher and pocket casts you asked for it and and we've set that all up you can find us on there just search for hit reply um we've also we'll put links to both of those in the show notes um, that's hitreply.co forward slash one. That's the, the number one. We'll also be launching on iTunes in a couple of weeks as well. Um, we want to get a couple of episodes under our belt and we'll be sure to let you know when they're available. Uh, also, we've got a little special discount for you. If you're interested in Founders Kit, then use the link in the description on the show notes, hitreply.co forward slash one and you'll get 50% off for the next week. So if you're interested in Founders Kit, definitely check that out. And as always, we'd love to know what you thought. We're kind of in that that feedback loop, yep. and we want to hear your feedback. We want to know what do you want us to talk about in future episodes? What do you think about this episode? So as always, hit reply and let us know. Mm-hmm.